Boys, 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 welcome to the Rise Up Podcast, the number one lacrosse podcast in the world. I'm your host, Danny, not Seibel, Danny Healy. That's right. You know me as the guy that got shit on at the end of the episode last week. I'm the yes. producer behind the scenes. I know a little this bit about This episode is called Danny's Revenge. Danny's Revenge episode. We're talking PLL draft. We're talking conference championships in college. We're talking bracket preview and picks for round one. Let's go, boys. Let's have a night. Hey, hey let's Danny. Danny, let's hurry up. Get this over with. Just plug your own podcast real quick. I have podcast experience and lacrosse experience. So this isn't some... I'm a substitute teacher for Sives. We love Sives, but I played at Colgate. I know the game and I'm a podcast host. Pass the torch. Check it out. You'll love it. But let's dive into lacrosse. Let's All do right, it. Let's do it. So PLL draft happened right now. We're recording Tuesday night. We're on pick 29 as we are going right now, but... The big news of this draft, Scotty, for you who haven't watched a single pick, Greg, I know you've watched every pick. Three defensemen went first in the first three picks. What, what do we think there? I think that's the first time that's ever happened. I think the first time a D went first overall was 2001 in the MLO. Yeah, and, and we were just talking about how deep this draft is. If you would have told me this time last year that four defenders would go in the first round and none of them would be Chris Fake, I wouldn't have believed you. And that's how incredibly deep the defensive talent is. This is the deepest defensive talent draft I've ever seen in pro lacrosse. And, um, you know, we're, we're talking all the way back down to round. Chris Fake was just picked at round three, I believe. Um, and that's just by the water dogs, the last pick of round three. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. I mean, I, I think that kid's going to be the best one out of all of them. Adler is an absolute freak. Owen Grant is going to be able to either play close or LSM for the Redwoods, depending on how John Sexton is feeling. With the loss of Hartzell for this year, that's massive. What I'm most impressive, I, I, I'm just the Atlas defense. Take, I mean, Atlas taking two defenders, two of the top three defenders in the draft with yeah. picks one and three. Absolutely no one saw that coming. And that sets them up on defense for like the next eight years. So, hey, so with that being said, offensively, they're stocked, right? And they're young. I think the last couple of drafts, they've, they've gotten what they wanted. Defensively, though, what, how old's Tuck now? Tuck's got to be 33? They're at least 33. So, he's a yeah, he's a vet and he's getting a little older. So, they're preparing for that, I think, you know? Well, I totally agree. And I also think that. They are, I mean, they went out and then let's talk about the Atlas for a second. They went out in round two and they picked up Xander Dixon, who nice. is an absolute stud. They grabbed Peyton Rosenka in round three, short one of the, probably the best short stick defender in the draft. And they are they are set up, man. They really did a great job of covering all the bases. So I mean, I talked to Kid Cannon two days ago. We we always shoot the shit. He was talking about his relationship with Press. He's like, I've talked to Pressler, you know, he's all about you know I'm a vet now. It's kind of funny because Jack's a vet, Jack's a vet now. So it's like yeah. he he's they're set there. Press is like we believe in that position. That's all set. Now I think offensively Dixon, he is something they haven't had. Like they've had a lot of ball dominant offensive guys. I mean Chris Gray needs the ball in his stick. He needs he carries. Um, but Dixon's going to be an off ball guy, which they haven't had honestly in a while. Yeah. Well, what's interesting too is they picked up in the fourth round with their final pick. They picked up Kyle Long. Shout out to Springfield, Pennsylvania. What up, Delco? Attackman uh, from Maryland, who's a really good player, but yeah. kind of undersized. So yeah. it'll be interesting. I mean, the depth here 
is crazy. The guys that are getting picked in the third and fourth round of this draft, I feel like would have gone in the first or second round in any other year. Hey, any so, any goalies uh, go yet? Not zero. A single goalie. Your position's dead. No, no, it's no. not dead. I think I think it's just literally it's just an- impossible to crack. Dude, it's just it- impossible to crack. And I, and it, that yo, that's 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 a real shout out to how many good goalies are in the league right now. Oh yeah. If you told me, okay, which team really needs a goalie? Wouldn't be able to pick one for you. A starter, I, no. Yeah, no. it's 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 tough. So yeah, let's let's go team by team on this. So yep. the, the Atlas first pick, they, I mean, they shored up their defense for the next decade. They picked up a hell of a shorty D man, um, and then I think they hit all the bases. the The Redwoods are are I think did a great job too. They only got one pick in that first round. They had. Owen Grant, second from Delaware, who, who I said is a stud. I think he can play close. He can play long pole. Um, I Del- did a Del- lot of CAA games over the years, yeah. and I just watched him play for Delaware. The kid gives me Brody Merrill vibes. He's what's his, everywhere. What, what's his size? Because I know Delaware has been known for athletic dudes. He's a bro. big dude. Yeah, he's, he's a big dude. He's tall. He's Good rangy. Yeah. Um, he, he can play close really, really well. But then, you know, I, I like him at, for the Redwoods because they're going to be losing Glaze next year. Yeah. So they're going to have a really smart, intelligent communicator back down there. And in the interim this year, he can play LSM for and with Sexton. And then the following year, they can bump him down. Uh, you know, if if Glaze does, in fact, leave. Who, who'd, the whip, who'd the whips take? So, well, let's stick with the Redwoods just for now. Um, and let's get so like they have Owen Grant. Um, then they picked up Tevlin from Notre Dame, the Mitty. Great nice. pick. He's like a two-way guy, right? Two-way guy can dodge, can can create his own shot. You know who um, he is? He's Jack Near. Yeah, great comparison. That's it. Great comparison. Yeah. Um, and then they got Cole Kirst in the third round from Cuse, who you can't find a single person on earth who doesn't love playing with that guy. I think he's going to be a phenomenal locker room guy. So they got some good offensive presence. They got one of the best defenders in the league. And then to finish it up, they picked up Zach Cole, who Zach Cole, great career at St. Joe's, phenomenal kid from um, from the Philly area. Um, but he is a bigger body. And TD struggled last year, or especially early in the season. And the way these faceoffs are called in the PLL, they let these guys beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, And – that's something Nat and I have always talked about since they picked up TDs. We're always worried, like, man, they're, they're letting these guys bludgeon TD to death, and he's not a big dude. So you bring in Zach Cole, who is a big dude. He doesn't have the hand speed that blows you away. Are we talking can, Are we talking big what? like Connor, Connor Farrell big? He's not as big as Connor, but he's okay. bigger. He's like a Nardella size. Nice. So he's just strong, right? And he can take a beating, but he's, a, he's an absolute savage on ground balls. So... I like I like the Redwoods. Hey, we've talked about this a lot in our pod. The just the rookie adjustment for a faceoff guy with the timing, the whistles, the the the, the leniency. I, I just think picking those guys, like you said, I think there was two guys last year that you were like, just give the kid a chance to to yeah. get going. And yeah. I just don't know if they get that much time because it's a short it's a short audition. Yeah, I mean, think about the MLL, right? For years. The MLL, we had three-time All-American would come in. You'd be like, hey, you ever heard of that guy? Yeah, he's he's the man. Well, he lasted a half. Dog, Greg, the best story ever. Mike Hama, who is the D2, he faced off like 85%, wore paint. He comes in the machine, first game. 
He went 0 for 25, and he he was literally losing his shit. I'm like, dude, this isn't college. No. It's just it's it's different, dude, you know? And and here's the other thing, too, because it was like this in the MLL for years where the rules are so different and lawless that you come in. I remember I came into training camp, and we were like, the first faceoff, Steve Hoare blows, blows me right – goes straight to the goal, and I'm still in my stance, and I'm like – and they're laughing at me, and BJ O'Hara's like, "You don't wait for the whistle in this league, man." Greg, I, I think like, you're well, being. What am I supposed to do? No one told me. No, he, um, heels, heels. When he says lawless, I'm talking like Chris Eck and Jeff Schneider would wrestle in a circle for like a minute, and then one of them would thumb the ball. They just go like this, thick, and like shovel it out. It was a fucking wild west. It was crazy, and now Maddie's kind of done that to the PLL. So not only do you have the same thing. But in the PLL, you're lined up differently. So even the way you line up is different. And we also have to remember, these kids have only been facing off standing for three years. You had to so they're going to go against knee-down guys. And the wings are a yard closer. So, yeah, there's a lot. I thought coming into this draft, Sisselberger, LaSala, and Rowlett were hands down the most prepared just by style and size to face off in the PLL. But Zach Cole is going to get the benefit of going into camp with TD, learning the ropes, getting used to it, and he'll be there if they need him. So, you know, I think both of those teams have done a great job. And then when we look at the Well, Chrome, you know what's funny, though, Greg? You know what's funny is that Ryder last week on the pod was, like, chirping that mock draft about the Woods drafting a face-off yeah. guy, and here they are getting a face-off guy. But TD, yeah, hey, but but TD, TD's going to be grinded out from that indoor season. And, the, and he's going to Worlds, too, right? Which yes, overlaps. That was I actually talked to Nat St. Laurent today, and we were talking about that. And I remember my in 2018 when we did that, we had tryouts, our final tryouts. Then we had a doubleheader in the MLL in the middle of the summer. Then you go to camp. Then you have the all-star break. Then you're right back to it. It's brutal. So having that other guy is huge. Now, there's a big difference between the Redwoods taking a face-off guy with the number two pick. Whoever wrote that article needs to be fired. Fired. <laughs> um, and instead, taking it with your absolute last pick after you've gotten everything you need. I mean, Nat St. Laurent gets an A-plus on this draft. Um, now, speaking of A+, what do you guys think Sudes was doing when he found out that Hanley, <laughs> that Sam Hanley fell all the way to four right into their lap? Did you watch his reaction? It was awesome. He was like, this is a, this is a gift. This yeah. is a gift to get this kid. He's like, are you kidding me? This is hilarious. I mean, because he lost. was the surefire. He was, he was the surefire number one. So Sam, Sam Hanley is, is, is a Tawarton finalist, arguably one of the top midfielders in the country. Um, not arguably, definitely one of the top midfielders in the country. A big guy from Penn. He's a big, hard-shooting, tr truck-sticking kid, and he fell to number four. Everybody thought he was going to go number one. Scotty, he's bigger than you. False. So, so, so Sud's got Handley, um, which was hilarious. Because look, remember they're 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 going to lose Nectar in this year, so it's it's huge. Um, yeah, that's true. And then they got. Uh, Hittinger from Jacksonville in the second ahead, round. I mean, wait, wait, go ahead. Healy had a, he looked confused. He has to do military well, commitment. Oh, that's why. The Army attackman. Yeah. Yes. You know, Sibes would have known that. Well, he so destroyed now, us at Colgate for four and years. And then they bro. get Jack Myers attackman. So they went they went heavy uh, after offense. They didn't pick up a single defender in this draft. They got uh, Ferreira from Salisbury. Shout out to D3 uh, in the fourth round. So they went heavy after the offensive side of the ball. Um how do you guys feel about them not taking anybody on the defensive side? I feel, I feel like they were pretty set. Well, the defense is pretty set, right? They have Manly, right? It's, yeah. it's Manly, uh, JT, Giles, Giles Harris. Like, Giles, you know, he's the best defenseman in the world, I think, right now. 
that kid. Yeah. I mean, they have the, they have a cover. Yeah, Just he's saying. pretty damn good. Um, and they also have you know Terrafanko. They have great short stick D guys. They also have a lot of toys on offense. So I'm like, where do those kids go? Yeah, and and unlike any uh, some other teams, like they are totally set at faceoffs. They have one of the top three guys in the league, and he is the biggest faceoff guy in the league as well. You know, he's it's you don't have to worry about anything with Connor. He's going to be ready to he go. Drinks so. his, yeah, he drinks his milk. Yep, sure does. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, Chrome. Maybe people weren't. I, I think they. I think getting Hanley was just a shock, and they were good after that. But um, the Archers getting their fifth pick. They picked up Sisselberger with their first pick. Um, I don't Did you think, predict that? I don't think they trusted that he would be there any longer if they didn't get him right away. And you're talking about a team that if they could just have been 50% in the playoffs, they would have probably had at least one ring, probably two at this point. Justin Inacio. So here's the thing. The Archers are in a similar situation with the Whips. Now, the Whips have a guy who has proven himself for years with Nardella. But... The, the, like you had said earlier, Scotty, like Anasio started to come on towards the end of the year. He started to figure it out. Yep. Then he blew his knee out, and he's coming back. He will be ready at some point this summer, but you can't take a chance on it if you're the Archers, especially with a rebuild. And you have Shribes, who is still, in my opinion, the best player in the world, but yeah, his yeah. clock is starting to tick, right? Yeah. So it's like, yo, we got to win now. We can't take any chances. So I like what they did with their attack after they lost Holman. I love what their offense looks like. They just got to get the ball. So you dude, get a Shri- dude Shrives, who is, Shrives is like a he's living in dog years though because he's playing he's double double dipping. He's yeah. playing both. Did he just had some record in the NLL? Yeah. Didn't he yeah, set a bro. record for points? Yeah. So yeah. he's like yeah, he's, he's going to play he's, worlds again this year. So and he's playing at an MVP level in both leagues. I mean, his he's literally like in like forty right now. In pro lacrosse. Yeah, so I think from an offensive standpoint, they feel really good. I think what the Archers want to do for the first time is really have a great defense that matches that offense. Yeah. And you solve that by, one, having more possessions on faceoffs. You have, you know, one of the top five college faceoff men of all time in Sisselberger, who is also a jacked manimal. I found and out watching the draft that he wrestles at Lehigh. He, dude, legit. he walked onto the wrestling team at Lehigh. It's legit. That's nuts. Um, yeah, he was a incredible high school wrestler in PA. Um, so now you have that guy who can fit into any locker room in the world. He's the sweetest kid of, of all time. I think that he will be able to adapt very quickly to the PLL. Then you, they picked up all defenders after that. So with the second round pick, um, the archers took uh Connor Mayer from North Carolina, stud shorty D. Shout out D mids. <laughs> then with the third pick, they picked up another stud, Piper Bond from Penn. A lot of mids. Then their final pick was Cam uh Wires from Loyola, who's also a stud. Like I said before, another guy who in any other year probably would have been a second round pick. Dude, that's so, a lot of that's a lot of youth on defense, though. It is. I don't think the learning curve is as deep from a short stick D standpoint, because when you're athletic, you can hang and and you just pick it up. What you don't you don't believe me? I, I don't just think well. the learning I don't think the learning curve is hard for this whole class because they're 28 years old. Yeah, they're all middle age, dude. We've been talking about this for months. There's a whole bunch of guys that are going to be like have ARP memberships. Um. Where- 
Where would you, not to get off topic, where would you guys have done your fifth year if it wasn't Notre Dame or Penn State? I would play club at Clemson. <laughs> if I had to do one fifth year and I could go anywhere I want, I would have gone to Maryland. Maryland? Yeah. Just yeah. because I love hanging out in Baltimore. Um, so, yeah, the... the yeah, you totally got off topic there. Yeah, back to the <laughs> yeah, draft. But, but yeah, so the Archers, I think, you know, they went the exact opposite route that the Chrome did. They said, look, our strength yeah. is our offense. We just got to get these guys the ball. And if we can get them the ball half the time and we have a more short up young defense that can do their thing, then we're going to win games. And I totally agree with that approach. Who's gone? Who's who's returning for the Archers on defense? Because I know Ratliff gone. Who gets gone? I mean, they're rebuilding. Totally. Completely rebuilding that defense. Jeez. Um, it's dicey. And I think a great place to start is to get two stud shorty D guys. Um, and then well, it, it, McMahon, is McMahon still there? I don't know. Check. They need one vet. You need one vet like to I'm teach like an obvious... teach people the ropes. Yeah, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody who's obvious. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, I think the Archers, their plan was very obvious. Get the ball more often and stop people from scoring. Real simple. You, yeah, you forgot Hasek. That's that's who it was. That's right. He's a stunt. And he's coming back. Isn't he coming back from an injury? He's coming from indoor, I want to say. He's an indoor guy, right? Yeah, I thought Graham. I thought Graham. He's a fucking yeah, I mean, serial killer. He's an absolute superstar. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you know, Archers went after D and possession. So then the whips are in an interesting spot because – you're like, who the hell could they possibly pick up? Like, what are they What are they going to do? Um, Jay Carlson just retired. Um, so what do they do? They go and they get Tucker Dordovic. Stud. Um, absolute stud who I think is going to thrive in the PLL's looser. You take the handcuffs off him, let him get out of the whole system thing and be himself. But he's going to play for the Whips, who have a very established veteran-led offense um, that plays a single like way, hits singles. I don't like that pick at all. Why? I, I think Tucker Dornick is a. He, I think he's a volume shooter, and I know that's a disciplined offense, right? So, like for it, <laughs> there's vets too. Like Rambo runs that show. Channy gets the volume sometimes, so that's going to be an adjustment for Tucker. I think just to, to well, take it's a all good sh- adjustment because I think he's going to be coming out of the box. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. But 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 I also, think he did that at Cuse, right? But Which but makes I it a yeah, matchup yeah. nightmare. But I also don't think the Jay Carlson. I think the Jay Carlson retirement actually was more towards Manny being acquired. I, I mean, that's that's kind of what I thought because it's what is it? It's Manny, Rambo, and Zed. Now, yeah, yeah. So I think Dordovic. I, I, he's going to come out of the box. He's going to be a matchup yeah. nightmare, and I think they're going to be able to spin it. There, if you if I mean that's kind of really intelligent on Stags' part. You, if you can try to pull an extra pole up to the midfield. You got Channy shooting twos. You got to stay on his hands at all times. You have Tucker coming out of the box. And you he can can't shoot twos. put two poles up on mid, not with that attack. So, yeah, it creates a matchup situation. Then they went and did exactly what I thought they were going to do. They went and got Petey LaSalle in the second round. And, and when you pick up, you know, people are like, oh, what are you going to do if Nardella comes back? Whatever. Look, this, this is a second ACL injury, okay? And Joe is still in his prime, so I have no qualms with saying that he's going to be able to return and still be himself. But if you're Stags, you don't want to take that chance. This team is loaded. You want to get back to the promised land. And you pick up a guy who, in my opinion, is kind of a Joe 2.0. He's younger, he's stronger, and he's got faster hands. 
He can handle the ball really well. Say he goes, I think he's going to be just fine in the PLL. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to learn relatively quickly. Maybe at first game will be a little rough, and then he'll pick it up. And then if he plays well, what do you got? You got two guys. One of them is trade fodder now. Scotty, why are you taking your head? You don't you don't agree? I didn't love that. I mean, I don't love that pick just because I, I know how much Nards the respect that Nards gets in that locker room and with that culture. I just know either Nards is gonna be all in on it to help the kid or Nards is gonna fucking try to, you know, win his spot. But either way Yeah, but Scotty, this is professional across to be to right. be totally frank, no one gives a fuck about your feelings. Like if you're Joe Nardet, like if I'm Greg Orenlian, like my final year, they drafted a face off guy. They got Johnny Garino from Maryland who had a great I took him under my wing and I helped him out. And in a couple games, Joe dressed him and he we shared reps. Why? Because I was done after that year. Now for Joe, if I'm Joe Nardella, I'm sitting here going, it's all good. Like he's taking my spot. What am I going to do? Be angry that you have a face-off guy taking face-offs while I'm hurt? Yeah. Right? Like they got to. And if I'm Rambo, I'm like, hey, man, you're my dude. I'm not going to sit here and go 5% because of your feelings. Yeah. So I mean, li li listen, if, I... I Goalies and faceoff are very similar. So I know for me as a vet, when uh, Kyle Burnlar, we took Burnlar, Ohio guy, uh, when we were, I was in the machine. And I was like, at first I was like, fuck, motherfucker. And then I was like, you know what? I could either be a good teammate or a bad teammate. But it, it, one day it's going to be his the keys to his Cadillac. So yeah. it, it, that sucks. But it's you're right. It's pro sports. Yeah. And look, and if I'm Joe, if I know anything about Joe Nardella, it's that he's a competitor. Oh, yeah. And if I'm him, I'm going, yeah, bring in the best possible guy. I want a ring. Like, and when I get back, I'm going to take that job back. And if I don't, then I'm going to go to a team. Who's not going to trade for Joe? Right? Like, <laughs> right, right. So right. if I'm Stags, I'm going, this is awesome. I have Did one they... of the great, I have a face-off guy who has won more face-offs than any other person in Virginia history. That's a hell of a thing to say. Did they, did, hey, did they bring in a, a, an LSM? Because Mike's probably on his last go, right? Yeah, I think I think Mike's going to hang it up soon. Um, but they picked up. I don't think they needed to pick up an LSM this year, but they got uh, Ledman from Duke as a midi. And then they took Elijah, Elijah Gash. Gash from Albany. I think they're going to wait one more year before they make that. You know, I don't think you rush and take an LSM that you don't think is going to play until Earhart's actually done. And remember, like we talked about, let, next year will, pop, will be the last year that we have 26-year-olds graduating because of the blanket <laughs> waiver. So yeah. there's going to be more studs next year to come out. So uh, let's move on. Chaos, to, uh, yeah. the chaos. So you have the chaos. They picked up Will Bowman, which another stud defender. He was the fourth in the first round from Georgetown. Absolute glue guy. Um, then they went and they got well, towers. Towers thought he was the best player in the draft. He thought he was going number one overall to the Atlas. I love uh, Andy towers, but I will take everything he says when it comes to that kind of hyperbole with a grain of salt because Andy will look you straight in the eyes and tell you that they have the best player at every position. Fair enough. Regardless. I now, that, that being said, he did pick up a stud. And I was actually on the Outside the Box podcast live when this pick was made, and Jared Newman was on the podcast with us, and Jack Rowlett immediately FaceTimed him, and they were freaking out. They were so pumped. You see him on Twitter? Rowlett was going off on Twitter. He said this is the best day of his life. Coaches him. Yeah. Right. Well, of course, it's the best day of his life. His little brother got drafted, too, on his team. That's true. Shit. So, yeah. So, you know, I know uh, Boyle was a little down on this pick because Boyle was like, dude, you already have a stud defense. 
what you needed to do was replace all the moving parts you lost for, for on offense. Um, but then they went in the second round and they got uh, Minicus from Georgetown. Former from Colgate whoa, player. whoa, from Colgate. Four years at Colgate, yeah. fifth year. Yeah, but then he Georgetown. actually like learned how to play the game this year. <laughs> yeah. <All> right, <laughs> I'm kidding. Was gonna come kill me. I'm kidding. He was um, a freshman, I was a senior. Great guy. And then they did what I thought they should absolutely do. Nick Rowlett, third round, pick up uh, Jack's bro- uh, brother. He is very prepared for the PLL. I think Nick Rowlett has lightning fast hands. He actually won our national showcase with the FOA in 2017. Um, the kid's a stud. So he's part of that Michigan doubleheader uh, face-off tandem that is running right through the Big Ten. So um, good for him. Good for the chaos. And then they finish it off with Levi Anderson from St. Joe's. Big, strong, uh, big, very versatile attackman. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they hey, had a very good draft. Hey, that, I think Andy got what he needed. Levi Anderson's the kid that went off on the, in the Final Four like last – not last year, was it? Yeah, yeah. Or like qu- yeah, you're right. Quarters, right? Quarters. Yeah, so, yeah. dude, that kid is going to fit in perfectly. He's Canadian, I think, also. But, uh, 100%. but here's the thing with the defensive draft pick. Newman shouldn't have been celebrating, probably. Um, Johnny Serdic is back this summer. Um, Rallet is great. He's the cover. That kid, Bowman, might take Newman's spot. <laughs> I don't know, man. But, Newman, Newman can play up. Yeah. Newman can play up. And yeah, if Newman and is shoot. playing up, we're talking Mo two bombs. But yes. I think Bowen can, too. I think Bowen can play LSM. Yes. Yes, he can. Yep. Uh, All right, last team. Well, not last team because Kansas never first round. Yeah, pick, so but. you have the you have the Water Dogs. Um, they picked up McConvey from Virginia. Very solid pick. Um, he was the second midi taken, and then Canadian stud. Canadian stud. And then they went and they got Mazone from Hopkins. And Mazone can play all over the field. Um, he's part. He's the the best defender on Hopkins. Um, he's been like the linchpin to their unit all year. Chris Fake from Notre Dame in the third round. Absolutely bonkers. So they pick up two stud defenders, which was great for them. And then with the last pick of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant was actually James Riley, um, who was the fifth faceoff guy taken in the draft. Jesus now, Christ. the reason Riley went later than some people might have thought, because he's pretty beat up and he's undersized already. So even though he's a very good technician, he's got a lot of moves in his in his uh, pocket. In the PLL, it doesn't weigh as much as having the size and strength. And if he's already dinged up, it's going to be tough for him. Uh, but I like the pick. Withers is going to be doing the fireman thing a little bit. He may have a year or two left max. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Zach Tucci, who I think could immediately come in and be the starter. I think he proved himself last year. So having this guy as like an extra person in camp is huge. Is his my question is the goalie is that goalie from Syracuse to transfer from LIU? Is he a senior? Is it Marks? Uh, goalie from Syracuse? The goal, no the goalies are picked. No, I know. Oh, I don't know if he's a senior. I don't think that kid, so. That kid's dope. Yeah, I don't think that he's kid. a senior. And uh, what about the UMass the UMass goalie that just won like Yeah, note so so note was on a lot of people were talking about him, and I was actually I was like if that guy doesn't get picked, then literally nobody needs goalies because yeah. I think he's a stud. And I think I think what you're seeing, remember when, when the PLL announced that they were going to a franchise model next year or at least a location-based model? I, just I found thought that, that was a little ahead yeah, of yeah, I just found that out now. That's awesome. 
Yeah. So, so <laughs> how does it work now with all these guys that didn't get drafted? Can they get signed and picked so up? So these guys out? automatically become free agents and they go into a player pool and they can get picked up and asked to come to camp. And that's what's going to happen to a bunch of guys. There's got to be some goalies getting that call. Like, yeah, yeah. there's going to be some goalies that get a call. Um, 100%. But I don't think anybody selected or used a, a pick on a goalie because no one was in dire need of a starter. Um, so, yeah, I think I think uh, the Water Dogs, another team that just did their thing. This, this draft was so deep, I feel like everybody got what they needed. And then the Cannons. So the Cannons were interesting because – I know we had talked a little bit off camera last week about the fact that with Holman coming in as the the new head coach, he likes ball movement. He likes fast offense. Holman is built for that. Does Lyle still fit as the guy at X for that team? Now, they didn't move Drenner. They didn't move Ryan Drenner at all, which we all assumed they probably would at some point this year. They didn't. Ryan Drenner was an All-American ex-attackman. I thought that we might see a trade on draft day of Lyle. Do you think that that's still something that can happen if they put Drenner at attack? Because when I look at their picks, they got, let's see, they got Matt Campbell as their first pick, midfielder from Villanova, who's a stud. Shout out Sibes. Yep, shout out to Sibes. Fuck Sibes. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, no third rounder because they got absolutely nuked by the trade with Rabel. Well, that's a horrible trade. They had two picks this year. Yeah. Two. And then they got Grant Amon. Um, not Grant Ament. Grant Amon from High Point, a defender. So it's interesting. They seem comfortable with what they have. And the question is going to be, does Drenner come out of the box or does Drenner get the keys to the offense? He doesn't um, get the keys to the offense. You don't think so? Okay. No. Why not, Scotty? You have Lyle Thompson. Okay. Well, look, nobody bit on that on Twitter either, because I asked the question, and everyone's like, "This guy's out of his mind." I'm not. I'm not even going to respond. It wouldn't to be that. a. It wouldn't. Hey, it wouldn't be a bad idea. But I'm just asking because I know Brian Holman and the way he likes to run his offense, and it's not one guy dodges and eventually either dives in the crease and scores or draws three guys and passes it. Listen, you are correct in an ideal Holman offense. Everyone's touching that ball. It's moving. It's team oriented offense. But you have un- you have Lyle. Like that's that's the situation. No, I, I totally agree. Okay, so he's gonna yeah. he's gonna touch it. So yeah, I mean they only had two picks in this draft, and they seem very comfortable with what they got going on offense. I, I love I love the uh, Villanova kid, and then they picked up a defender. And Paul, Paul really fucked them up, huh? Yeah. So what a bad <laughs> what a bad trade. Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe it was a long play. They ended up with Lyle because of it. So I, I have some, I have some recapping uh, questions. Okay, I need a, I need a rookie of the year pick right off the bat coming Tucker, off this draft. Dornovic. You just said you didn't like that pick. He gets fucking shoot, and the two pointer though for a rookie, that's the only one that I could see like hitting those shots. I mean, a D guy, like a D guy, I, I don't think could win the award. I don't think uh, it's it's a shame. I don't think a D guy could win it either. But with how much the Chrome may lean on him, I could see Handley being a rookie of the year. Yeah. I yeah, also, you know, Greg, Greg, you know, I actually love that pick for the Chrome because we always were kind of the one thing about the Chrome we always talked about was like the dodging midfielder, right? They need they need a a guy that could kind of create. And I think he is that. 
and it, it gets a little less more stress off of Justin Anderson, right? So Justin Anderson now could do his thing. Yeah. I also think there's a chance because they both both rookies play with very prolific offenses. One of the two face-off guys taken, Sisselberger LaSala, if they do well and they face off at over 50% and their team is scoring goals and they're high in the standings, that's also a possibility. Are those two guys day one starters? Are they are they the guy on the X right away? It so LaSala, yes. Um with Archers, it's going to be interesting whether Inacio, I don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent for game one or not. Um, but if not if he's not This isn't real, this this debate, right? Why? No face off guys winning rookie of the year. Didn't T D win rookie of the year? TD was one of the fucking most legendary college uh, face-off guys. If a guy crushed it, he could totally Mike win Sisselberger the award. Sisselberger is the single-season all-time face-off leader. Okay. Scotty, you always got picked. Has taken more college yeah. face-offs than anyone in history. There's only two MVPs I know that are face-off guys. You and Baptiste, you're both pretty legendary. That's about it. Hey, hey Greg. I, hey, I appreciate that, on? but we're not talking MVPs. We're talking Rookie of the Year. Still not happening. Greg, where'd you go in the draft, in the MLL drafts? I was number 23. I was the third face-off guy taken. Damn. And the only reason I was drafted is because they had 10 teams that year. Off the field issues? Is that why you dropped in the draft? Yeah, they saw me doing keg stands at Penn State, and they're <laughs> like, that form is terrible. <laughs> Scotty, what about you? When did you go in the draft? Seven. Just seven. Overall. Damn! Scotty, where would you have gone in this draft? One. That's pretty solid, Scotty. You would have gone number one in this draft? And if I didn't, I should have. Are you gonna be are you gonna be one of those goalie calls for a free agency? Or what are we thinking? No, I'm not gonna be the pinata for a training camp for like Scotty uh, just signed Scotty just signed with the beans. Hey, oh fucking asshole. What a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Trolling with Scotty Rogers. Here we go. <laughs> oh, what's what's the dude's name? What's Dude, the dude's ghetto, name again? Ghetto Ghetto, uh, ghetto, ghetto Needle Needle Dick McDickle. Um <laughs> He wants listen. to come on the podcast. I'm gonna let him. Dude, ghetto Gary Gate is low key one of my favorite people on the internet right now. I told him he's gotta bring his best stuff. <laughs> he's gotta bring his best stuff. I love it. I need um, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think from a draft standpoint, this was an awesome draft. I think it was interesting, uh, you know, some drama there. We weren't quite sure how the first round was going to – you know, in the past, Scotty, I feel like a lot of ML drafts were, like, very obvious, very yeah. easy to tell. Um, but this is indicative of what we were talking about where the PLL is running into a issue where this bottleneck of talent is so crazy that there are guys, there's probably 20 guys that could have made rosters that aren't going to be yeah, yeah, they need another team, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. How many guys play on you get to a point roster? Where 18? picking up, having new teams is hard when you're doing a tour-based model. So it kind of forces them into this location-based model, which is going to be interesting. Dude, you know what I'm excited about Fake? He's going to be an absolute monster because he's going to take this disrespectfully. Yeah. And he should. I love Chris Fake's game because he's really good against big attackmen. He's one of the he's probably the only defender who's been able to kind of lace up O'Neal. I, I agree. How many guys make a game day roster for PLL? Nineteen. 
19. Yeah, two goalies and an attack and a face-off guy, so that takes three spots away right away. Wow, that's a small roster. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. You're talking 19 times, what is it, nine teams? What's 19 times nine? Scott, you went to Notre Dame. <clears throat> it's Clay. Okay. <laughs> that's how many pro lacrosse players there are. That's nuts. My last question post-draft, and then I have a I have a take, but last question. What team now, now that's over, some position team needs have been filled, who's winning the title? Oof. Chrome. All right, I'm booking you for that. It's going to be real hard for me to go to bet against uh, Atlas now. Really? Because they got those D guys. That's such a Pressler pick. Am I, Eric, I want you to give your take first, and then I... Uh, don't comment. sleep on the woods either. They got exactly what they needed in this draft. So, yeah, I'm looking for the woods, Scotty Crumb. Yeah, don't, don't we'll sleep see. on the don't sleep on the woods in the next four years. We got to get we got to get Arresti on here to talk um, after camp. We got to get Arresti on here so we can talk about what the teams are looking like after training camp in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll lock yeah. them in. Um, but I was, so I was I was talking to Greg before when before we went live here, but. I was watching the draft. Every PLL coach is extremely old, like so old. Like I feel like they need a, a young guy and they need some young energy in there. Well, we had Rubes, right? Well, Rubes was like, Scotty, you're gonna love this. I was yeah. on the outside the outside of the box podcast, and as they were talking, we were looking at the screen for the picks. And I look down, I see Pressler, and in my head for one full second, I go, what the hell happened to Rubes? And I like totally <laughs> forgot that that's not Rubes. It just got real old. It's Pressler. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. But I was talking, I was talking about Danny to talk to Danny about like the co the coaches that are in the PLL. Only two of them are guys who haven't recently moved on from their college position, whether they resigned or they got fired or whatever. Um, and that's Nat St. Laurent, who's currently the ONU coach. And um, who's the other one? That's like it. No, there's another one. Uh, oh, and Suits, who never – he's not a college coach. So – but Copeland's young. Copeland's not old. Nat, Nat's not old. Like, I want young. Like, like Dude, Heels, you, you put a 32-year-old coach in there and see who, who actually respects Heels, what do you like, want? You want me and Greg to coach, Heels? Is oh, my God, yes. Team rise up. But, no, like, in the NFL, right, you have, like, Sean McVay coming in. That was you rude. Sh you got Shanahan. And to what happened? Like, I mean, but they need that energy. Like it's Bro, weird. Andy like, Powers is going to fuck you up if he listens to this. The game has changed so much, and you have all these coaches with just white hair that the game is just old to them. There's like, three old coaches. Greg, what is he talking about? There's like nine. Scotty, you went to Colgate. What do you like? Take it easy on him, man. Colgate's got a nice young coach. Like, we had Crawley as our offensive coordinator. Like, did. get, did get, get Crawley the head What's job. What's your record? Give, What's your record? Give. give <laughs> Yo, give him time. Kerwin's the man. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just to make fun of heels. I'm not gonna bash Kerwin. And, I, and uh, Matt Matt Carwick. Kerwick was Matt Carwick was my fucking. He hazed me at Notre Dame. Kerwick, I loved him. Kerwick is a stud, savage legend. I love Matt Carwick. Just, you, guys you, got, you guys, you guys twisted that fucking wrong. That was not. I don't know. We just we just need some we just need some younger energy as head coaches in the PLL. Okay, but uh, no, that was a great recap, boys. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, you know what we but, should do? We should get some guys who have some PLL experience as the coaches. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That like, this league's been around for three years. So let's get a guy who's a vet in the PLL. Who who's the guy who <laughs> who's the guy who is about to break your ground ball record when he's retired? 
Get Brody? him in the head job. Yeah, Brody. Brody's not coming back to the coach of the PLL, dog. You kidding me? He's going to open up a new, another Hill school. Heels, you just fucking, you just started. Uh, Scotty, why don't you try it? No one would listen to you. What? I'd fucking oh, fight God. the kids on camera. Move, Shut the move fuck on up. quickly. Next, next subject. <laughs> move on. <laughs> no, I'm just stirring the pot. Just stirring the pot. All, All right. right. That's my take. Great, great draft recap. Um, but let's move on. Let's go to the, because uh, some of these kids are still playing, right? In oh, college, though. Yeah. Conference championships for this past weekend. We got the NCAA tournament. The bracket is released. We'll start with, we'll go through each game. I'll read off the score and just hear your guys' thoughts. But we'll go through that and then we'll dive into a bracket preview. Let's do it. But uh, Ivy League, Princeton, Yale, 19 to 10. Princeton just ran away with this one, right? Um, and Greg, you were on them early. Yeah, I wish. Sibes Sibes pretended like he couldn't be on today. He knows I was going to drag him for this because I've been saying for the last six episodes, Watch out for Princeton. I've been saying it. I knew they were going to have a shot at this title. Um, I believe so deeply into Matt Madelon. Yeah, he's um, great, bro. Not just because he's my dude, but I, I've just the kids love him. Um, so yeah, they did it. Uh, they, I think there are two teams. There's three teams that really have crazy confidence right now: Duke, Michigan. And Princeton. I think those three teams are riding high with a lot of confidence right now. It's been yeah. a while since they've lost and they're kicking ass. And, um, you know, I think, you know, Princeton is, they separated themselves 100%. So, I, I, and I'm still surprised that there's three teams from the Ivies in this. But, yeah, I thought, I thought Princeton put a, a good uh, stamp on the fact that they were the top dog in the Ivy with that tournament win. And, the goalie, Princeton goalie, 17 saves and an assist. And an assist in that one. Jesus. Scotty. Yeah. How many assists did you have in your career? I didn't believe the crease. That's what I thought. <laughs> but, all right, Princeton team to watch this tournament. Big 10, Michigan beat Maryland, their first ever conference title, and it was a whopping 14-5 Michigan. Michigan's two-headed face-off monster of Wheatfield and um, Rowlett is the deciding factor in the Big Ten right now. For the last couple of years, Maryland has been in a juggernaut offensively, and they've had the best faceoff guy. And Michigan completely beat him up twice. And uh, they had the ball the entire game against Penn State, and they are playing with such confidence because of it. They're getting the ball. They're efficient. They're killing it. I think Michigan could make some crazy noise in this thing. When you look at this bracket that they're in, you know, they're going Mike against Cornell. Cornell. And I think it was plus three. I think Michigan was plus three at the uh when the when the when right, DraftKings po- dropped the lines. Plus two right now. Yeah. I'm see I told you. I jumped on those lines early. I took yeah. I took Michigan at plus three because the as good as Jack Cascadden has been for Cornell and as good as Angelo Petrakis has been this is the best dynamic duo of faceoffs that I have seen in a really long time in college. Am I wrong here? Like, why, why is Michigan lower seeded than Maryland in the tournament? Maryland got the four seed. Michigan beats them in their conference title, and they have to, they're unseeded playing eight number eight Cornell. So to be fair, because the Penn State in me wants to say, oh, they made this bracket before it was all over. 
But to be fair, there was no ACC tournament. Yeah. And the Big Ten scrambled themselves. So when you look at the Big Ten, the way the regular season finished up, it was Penn State, Hopkins, Maryland, Michigan. But then Michigan and Maryland win their semifinals, go to the championship game, and then Michigan crushes them. So all it really did was scramble up the order between four, five, and six. And Michigan was pretty good throughout the year. But then they turned into a juggernaut the last couple of weeks. They really turned it on. And, and shout out to Connery, man. He Holy yeah, crap. Man. What a great job he's done. I know there was a little bit of a – it was a weird video post-game where he was giving dabs to all the assistants on Maryland and Till's like didn't even look at him. Barely shaked his hand. I, yeah. wonder, I wonder what that was about. But, yeah, shout out to Connery. And that's why – look, Michigan – it's like college basketball, right? Team wins – it's uh, it's championship, and you don't realize like oh that team was actually five hundred most of the year, right. but then they just got hot at the right time, so they went in. But I think if I'm Michigan, I'm ecstatic about this matchup. I think this is going to be a really good matchup for them. We got to give a shout out, uh, you know, my roommates, all the Amamata, Brian, right? Brian's in, right? Brian's coming up. So Dude, America yeah. East double overtime dub over Albany. This is our first year in the America East. They were in the NAC for a while, but yeah, I mean, double OT win. What a huge day. I have, I have Bryant covering as well. I think I don't first off. Can we just talk about for a second, the selection show and how hilarious it's become. So they have the selection show and they show Hopkins or they show Cornell and Cornell's like, and they show Richmond and they're like, yeah, Penn state's like, yeah. And then Bryant looked like they just, cranked up Ramstein. Sick Sally. They all took meth and they just started beating the shit out of each other. So <laughs> Brian Dude, boys Scotty, do. they were like falling off of chairs, tearing their shirts off. You were like, yo, I want to say be act like you've been there before, but I guess you guys have no, it. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, but I love the reaction cam. So you know, you don't have Brian covering in that no, game. I have like seven best friends from Brian and I have Hopkins in that game. No, okay, you take them the win, but wasn't the wasn't it plus five? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The spread. Yeah, I think yeah. Bryant. I think Bryant has some good faceoff guys, and I think they play very confidently. There's also something to be said for having a 12 win season. I think that's something to be yeah, said yeah. for that. So, what's your roommate thinking, Scotty Gunner? Uh, he's thinking he's going to tailgate Sunday, and <laughs> well, I think I think it's a win win either way for the for him. Hey, he's not tailgating Sunday, Scotty. You put Gunner in net. I'll take Brian. Scott, but Scotty, I, Gunner's going to be in Vegas with me on Sunday. No. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, he ain't tailgating. He's going to be at. He's going to be at Wet Republic in Vegas. <clears throat> what are you doing at FOA in Vegas? Yes. That'll be a good time. Yeah, hmm. I'm sure it'll be just fine for Gunner. Well, we'll see. Because I, I, I'm rooting for our boy Carly too, who was on the episode on an episode a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So shout out to Carly. Uh, Big East, though, Georgetown, I mean, 14-5 win over Denver. Tierney's last game, Denver did not get into the tournament. But this is the fifth, like, fifth straight year the Hoyas have won the Big East. Yo, it's crazy. They became the team everyone thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Yeah, we talked about them in the beginning of the season. We said they'll turn it on. You just got to let them They are who we thought they were. Yeah. The pieces, the pieces, the, the you know, the Dirkovic, uh, Dirtovic, all the, all the guys that came in on the transfer portal 
it all meshed together really well. Um, I expect them to handle Yale. It's the fifth year, like popular stop, which is confusing to me because Georgetown's not like the most fun school in the world, but they got all these fifth years. It's a great school to say that you went to for a year for, you know, grad school. It's a great grad school year. If you're, and look, the type of person that goes there probably came from another school that had business or whatever, and they want to get into finance. And it's a great way to do that. Or for another episode. Or, yeah. <laughs> um, Pat league army beat Loyola, uh, army's in, they had a good season all year. Loyola kind of sucked. They ended like almost, they were nine and eight. So basically 500, but yeah, but you but know army- how me and bees feel about, uh, you know, army's coach, man. I, I mean, I love that lucky guy. I, I, I root for him doesn't matter for me i root for many time yeah you know army if you're a team on the bubble army did what you were hoping that would happen the teams that really effed you were michigan and princeton yep michigan and princeton completely evaporated the bubble yep who are the bubble teams that didn't get in villanova upenn and denver sorry sibes sorry sibes yeah but you know what it was interesting terry foy said the same thing on twitter it was one of the most obvious fields of all time. Like, you look at the at this field and you're just kind of like, I mean, yeah, maybe you could have swapped Yale with Penn. But, like, that was really the only, only thing that you could really argue about. Other winners, we got Delaware over Stony Brook. I think Delaware could be a problem. I think they could put... They play the number. They'll play. They have the playing game. Then they have to play the number one seed, right? I think they could put them on upset alert. Upset. They have the athletes. They always do. Yeah, I mean Marist is a team that has gotten red hot the last few weeks. Um, they crushed everybody in the tournament. And they're tough. They're tough. They're tough. They won a shit ton of faceoffs. They're scoring in bunches. I mean, that's going to be an awesome game. That playing game is going to be great to watch. I want to see that Marist offense versus the Delaware defense. It'll be a good game, but yeah, Duke will probably stomp on both of them. Whoever but, wins is getting shit stomped by Duke, but yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Upset alert, though. Uh, other conference tournaments, we got the A-Sun, Utah, their fifth season as a D1 program. They got the, the first conference title. So Love that. Up Dude, that's awesome. It's a that's great awesome. Team, right? Yeah. Good for them. Come, I mean, you know, a coaching change. Uh, you know, it's pretty cool. It's very cool to see Utah and Michigan, very prominent basketball and football schools that have added Division One lacrosse within the last few years, make it into the tournament. It's awesome for the sport. Last last conference tournament, then we'll dive into the games. Richmond beat High Point. Um, that's pretty typical. Yeah, but Richmond was going to win that conference. They were. I mean, Richmond always has a great defense, so you never know in the tournament, man. They could be stingy as hell. Yeah. All right. Let's pick some winners. You guys are each picking winners against the spread. And after round one, we'll follow up. I'll have Sives follow up and uh, we'll chirp. We'll chirp who had the better record. But I know, Greg, you've been on freaking fire. You sent me your bet slip. So um, I'm expecting, cool. I'm expecting We're you talking to win nearly over nearly 70% here. the last few weeks, Heels. Um, but, uh, so what's, I can't yeah. bet on any New York games. So what's the spread for Delaware Marist? Delaware Marist. That spread, I don't know because I didn't look at the playing games, so can't yeah. tell you that. So one. we're just half-assing this tonight. So right? I know I'm gonna go down from Saturday's the first game to the last game on Sunday. All so right, let's, do, regardless, I think if if Marist wins, Duke beats them by 
eight to nine. I think if Delaware wins, I think Duke beats them six to seven. Not, I'm not talking scores. I'm talking goals. by six yeah. or seven goals. goals. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All um, right. Because if I'm Dino and we're up big, I'm resting some guys in the fourth quarter so that I can prepare for the next round. I bet the spread's going to be like nine or whatever on that game. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be like eight and a half. Yeah. So they'll probably cover. All right, Richmond, Virginia is the first game at noon on Saturday. Virginia's eight point favorites. Do they cover? Virginia is going to win most of the faceoffs. Their offense is going to get hot. I can see them getting up early and cruising. Um, what was the spread again? Eight. Yeah, I would take. I would see. I feel like they're going to win exactly by eight. So that's a push. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on the push there, Scotty. I mean, honestly, I feel like Helen Keller in this this segment. Um, we uh, <laughs> Virginia wins. It's a good pick. Good money line on Virginia. Good for you. Utah you Notre Dame. You'll win fifteen cents. <clears throat> Keep going. This one you know about, Scotty. This one you know about. I want I want a good pick here. Utah Notre Dame. Notre Dame's eight point favorites. Do they Molly Notre, Dame, Notre Dame covers. Greg? Utah, Notre Dame, eight. Uh, yeah, I believe Notre Dame covers. They're pretty, they've been pretty good against the spread this year. Yeah. Third game Sunday or Saturday, sorry. Yale, Georgetown. It'll be a good game. Georgetown is two and a half goal favorites. Yes, I'm taking Georgetown at two and a half. Definitely. I take the over. You didn't tell you what the OU was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Scotty. Have you ever placed a bet in your life, Scotty? No, like a real I bet. Gamble on myself. Yeah, I was gonna say I can't imagine Scotty. Scotty's too emotional. Well, the over means over under on points, goal, total goals for the game. So you're saying you're saying Yale's gonna cover that? Is that what you're saying? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm confused. Let's next game. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about you, it. Let, no, Scotty, let, you give us the money line, meaning you tell us who's gonna win the game. I'll Scotty doesn't you. know money line either. Hey, maybe we have some listeners that don't know what betting is either. So, Scotty, real quick, for, for simple terms in betting here. The favorite. So, when I say Georgetown's a two-and-a-half goal favorite, they need to win the game by three goals to cover that bet. Or, if they don't, and it's a two-goal win by Georgetown, Yale covers that bet. So, that's how spreads work in betting. Does that make awesome. sense? Yep. And the over-under is the total amount of goals scored. So are they going to go over it or under it is the other bet. And money line means the team is just going to straight up win, but your odds are going to be worse if you're betting money line on a heavy favorite. <clears throat> I hate learning. Let's go. Okay, next thing. We're going a few more games. Army, Maryland. Maryland, three-point favorites. Who you got? Taking Army. I'm taking Army with that plus three. I think it's going to be a tighter game than that. Scotty, now that you know what betting is, what's your pick? I'm still, I'm just taking Maryland to win. <laughs> Money line. So, Money line. So, all right. Well, we'll teach you later. All right. Now, Gunner's, Gunner's team, Brian Hopkins, we talked about earlier. Hopkins is five point favorites. I'm taking Brian to cover that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to second that. <laughs> Gunner, Gunner would appreciate that. And I have to. Michigan, Cornell, Cornell, two goal favorites. 
See, now this is tough because I had it at three, and I have Michigan covering at three. Two, that's going to be tough. Nah, I'm still taking – I think it's going to be a one-goal game. I'm taking Michigan at plus two. I think you got to ride the hot team coming off the turn. You have to, win. You have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll take – I thought my brain is scrambled. Um, I'll take Michigan. Michigan it is. You're booked. All right, Duke Marist uh, or Delaware, we don't know yet. So last game, Princeton, Penn State. Greg, your alma mater, Penn State is favorites, one and a half goal favorites. You going with your boys? I'm actually shocked that Penn State's favored in this game. I mean, I'm they're the higher shocked. seed by a lot. It's they are the higher seed. They're trending. They had a week off, then they lost. Um, Princeton is lightning hot, and I think I'm gonna take the plus one and a half from Princeton because I think if Penn State is going to win this, they're going to win it by a goal. I think mm. what I, I've said it before that the, what I love about this Penn State team is they don't seem phased by tight games. They seem to come out on top almost every time. But I think it's going to come down to a possession. It's late possessions between these two. I, I'm going to take the one and a half for Princeton, even though I think Penn State's going to eke it out. Because Beast is my brother. I'm, I'm taking Penn State. Book it. All right, boys. We'll check in after and see how Greg did, because Scott, I don't know how many picks you made, but uh, zero. That's a wrap, fellas. That of course, now that I'm doing this, I'm gonna go zero for twelve. Yeah, no, now that now that now that's in the public eye, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually I'm gonna ride you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually bet on all the picks you did because you've been hot. So Thanks, I'll let you know if I'm broke or rich. Tension, a lot of sexual tension from you just there. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna ride you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's a wrap, fellas. That's an episode. <laughs> That's yeah, a wrap. So, do you think uh, you think I could take Sab's job or what? No, you actually you, you fucking brutal. All right. <laughs> well, I guess we'll let Sabs come back next week. Then I'll, we should I'll, do we should do heels and Sabs and let them do a show, and Scotty and I'll just <laughs> judge it. Yeah. yeah, you'll just you just chirp the whole time. No, I no. think this was an awesome. I mean, this was great. I mean, we got. I love how big the PLL draft is becoming. You're seeing guys having watch. You know, watch parties with their families and their teams. You saw Cornell; the whole locker room went nuts when Adler yeah. got picked. That's awesome for the sport, um, and I'm glad we got the, a chance to look at this bracket. It's just really cool to watch. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what we're going to end up talking about next week. It's going to be a wild weekend. Scotty, give us some motivation to end it, and then I'll then I'll sign us off. Get one percent better every fucking day. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah! Did you get one percent better today? You get 1% better? Yeah. You got 2% yeah. better. Bro. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the number one podcast in the world. This is Rise Up. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening. Watch on our Torch Pro YouTube channel. Danny Seib will be back in the saddle next week, and I'm fired. So, uh, and, you guys could, uh, and you guys can watch Healy when he interviews Dana White. He's, too, he's very big time. Check out the Pass the Torch podcast. I would appreciate it. Thanks for the shout out there, Scotty. And we will see you next week, folks. Peace. Boom.